I am an SEO and content strategist. I'm a digital marketer. I've been a digital marketer for a little over 20 years. Um, I'm a mom. I have a little boy who will turn seven in about a month. They got to the point they stopped using paid ads completely because they had so much traffic coming from natural search for technically free, though they were paying us over a hundred thousand a year for what we were doing, but they were investing a hundred thousand a year to work with my team and they were earning over a million a month. So a hundred thousand dollar investment for a $12 million return. Their president of e-commerce referred to SEO as the unstoppable train. You guys just start putting in something related to your topic area in Google and see what it pulls up because Google suggested search. That's what that is. That is search that people are, those are terms that people are searching right now that Google thinks you might be interested in as well. Well, as a blogger or a content marketer, that's gold, my friend, because that's what people are looking for. <gasps> okay. What is a lesson that took you a long time to learn? That I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hello, fellows. Welcome to the next episode of Jagged with Jasravi. Conversations at the edge with thought leaders from the marketing, branding, and the business world. Conversations that ignite new ideas, ideas with rough, sharp edges that cause positive change. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. It's wonderful to have you on my show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Okay. So, Rachel Lynn Tigen, if I requested you to tweet your profile, what would you say? I am an SEO and content strategist. I'm a digital marketer. I've been a digital marketer for a little over 20 years. Um, I'm a mom. I have a little boy who will turn seven in about a month. I have worked for myself for the last five years. I've been in digital marketing, like I said, for about 20. I love the flexibility that digital marketing and working for myself gives me because it allows me to do things that I love such as giving up my lunch hour once a week to volunteer in his classroom, which allows me to go and help. I get to go help first graders learn how to read, which makes my heart so happy. But then I get to come right back here and work with my students and my clients and jump right back into business mode. So there is, uh, there is one topic where either people, don't, either people are intimidated by it uh, like you mentioned, SEO, or they trivialize it. You know, they don't know its power. Best part of talking to experts is that they demystify it for you without losing the uh, important anchors that are required to understand it fully. So, Rachel, I, with my audiences, would be learning today. <laughs> okay. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, what is SEO like if you had to teach it to uh, people running their own businesses mm -hmm. uh, or just humans, like you say? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what SEO literally is, is your chance to tell Google, hey, this is what this page is about. This is what this blog post is about. And oh, by the way, 
this is the information people are looking for. And then Google goes through and reads the specific things that we do on the page for SEO. They read all those things. And then Google's like, oh, this page is about X, which is your keyword. This page is about this item. Cool. And they put it in their search engine. They put it in their database. And then the next time somebody searches with that keyword, Google goes, I've seen a website that had that. I've read that page that's all about that. Let me show it to them. Now, that's kind of oversimplifying because there are different factors that are going to impact how high you show up in the search results, which is what we work on from an SEO standpoint. But it is very literally your opportunity to tell Google, hi, would you show my page to people who are interested in this keyword? And if you're using your strategy the right way, you're creating content that's about the keywords that are tied to your business. And that's how SEO helps to grow your business. So for businesses, how much business can get generated by simply doing right SEO and optimizing the search well. Could you throw some light here? Oh my gosh. There is more potential than I think people realize. Okay. I have a preschool that I work with. They're in Houston, Texas, which is obviously here in the States. They're not a big preschool, but they've been around for like 35 years. So they're, they're established in their community. We've been working together for three and a half, almost four years. The vast majority of their leads come from SEO. They come from the work we've done on the website. They come from the blog posts that we've created. More than 50% of their leads every month come from SEO. They enroll students because the moms or dads start searching and they find content that helps them know when should I enroll my student in preschool? What do I look for for the right preschool? How do I determine if it's the right one for me? They're actually a Montessori preschool. So we do a big mix of Montessori, we do local, and we do preschool. Then if we go back to my time in the corporate world, I ran the SEO and content teams for a very large New York agency um, prior to leaving a little over five years ago. I worked with e-commerce clients there, big companies that were all over the world, companies that they may be headquartered here, but I'll bet they have locations in India, like brands that your, your audience would be familiar with. They made easily over a million dollars a month from their SEO campaigns. We would create blog posts. We would optimize the website. We would create those website pages they would get the visibility, people would search, they'd come in and we could track because we had it set up in Google Analytics. We had e-commerce conversion tracking set up. So we knew where they were making the money from. I had one client, one of my favorite, not one you would be familiar with, but they were a home retail store here in the States. They had about 350 locations across the country, which you consider we have 50 states, 350 locations is a pretty good size. They did absolutely everything we ever recommended for SEO. They were my poster child for absolute best favorite client because they didn't fight any recommendation you gave them. They ran with it and they did it. They got to the point, they stopped using paid ads completely because they had so much traffic coming from natural search for technically free, though they were paying us over 100000 a year for what we were doing. 
but they were investing a hundred thousand a year to work with my team and they were earning over a million a month. So a hundred thousand dollar investment for a $12 million return. Their president of e-commerce referred to SEO as the unstoppable train. She took money away from paid ads and said, what more can you do? Can you make more blog posts? Can you create more pages? Like, what else can we do? I'll give you all this money that I've been spending on ads because your return is so much better. So if you understand how it works and you use SEO to form your entire content strategy, SEO should be the foundation of your strategy. And if you do that and you really, truly Mm -hmm. understand how important it is, your possibilities are limitless. Wow. (laughs) You know, as you were speaking, uh, I felt that there is a consumer psychology at work as well here that SEO works better than a paid ad because you know an ad is trying to seduce you and you are skeptical more and more as you're getting savvier and savvier. But SEO is I am trying to find and now I, I am choosing what fits my need. So yes. isn't that so? So the consumer thinks, yes, I mean, I am led to something that I needed and I did whole, the whole work. So I'm not uh, being seduced by a gimmick uh, or, 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 you know, them trying to reach me. Absolutely. Is, is that right? It is 100%. And if you look at the research studies, you see that. So with Google AdWords, like those ads at the top of Google, yeah. A really good click-through rate is 3%, meaning three out of 100 people who see your ad will click. And that's considered to be an excellent click-through rate because most people don't trust the ads. Most people skip right over them. Mm-hmm. If you are in position number one on Google in the organic area, in the SEO area, you get on average 37% of the clicks. So out of 100 people who would see that, 37 click on your listing versus three who might click on your ad. So it's a 10x increase in the number of people who will see you, who will click through to your website based on whether or not you're in position one organically or you have an ad. People don't trust the ads. And then if we talk about Facebook ads, it's even worse Mm -hmm. because on Facebook, think about it. It's interruption marketing. They're not on Facebook to see your ad. They're not there to sign up for your webinar or to buy your product. They're there to be entertained and to connect with their friends and family. So Facebook ads have a 1% conversion rate as your goal or 1% click-through rate. 1% meaning one out of 100. If one out of 100 people who sees your ad clicks on it, it's technically successful. I want bigger numbers than that for my effort. And Google ads and Facebook ads, I'm paying for. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just writing content that my customer wants and I'm helping them. And I'm actually building that no like and trust factor faster than I would with an ad. Wow. And uh, you would say that this is true for all Facebook, uh, all social media ads. Uh, In my experience, yes, we see more performance from SEO. SEO can be challenging, but Generally, the click-through rates for social media ads are significantly lower than the click-through rates if you rank high. And that is the caveat with SEO. You have to rank high. You have to find keywords where you can rank at the top of page one because 
nobody's going to page two. Think about your own searching habits. When is the last time you clicked more at the bottom of Google? Mm -hmm. 99.7% of people don't go to page two. So this is where, yes, you get a lot more, but you have to be able to rank high. So often we use all the channels together from a marketing strategy standpoint. Maybe we'll buy ads for terms that we can't rank on page one for yet. And we keep working to get our website to be able to rank because then maybe we can stop buying the ads when we do get that that ranking at the top. Um, And then we should use social as well to help expand the reach for our content. We're creating content. We've got it working its way in Google, but why wouldn't we share it on social as well to try to expand our audience? So what does one do to get ranked higher? Yeah. So there are a couple of things that are going to come into play. The Google algorithm itself, the ranking algorithm has over 200 factors. They're not going to tell us exactly what it is because it's their secret sauce. Think of it, you know, it's like the Colonel's 11 spices. Like nobody knows what's in those secret sauces. Okay. But we have a pretty good understanding. We know that the most important things at this point are the quality of your content and the backlinks that you have on your website. We also know that you can't cheat with those two factors because of the Google algorithm updates and the penalties with Panda and Penguin that now, gosh, they're about eight to 10 years old. One says you have to create really great content and one says you can't cheat and buy links. Like you have to have links that are natural that you're attracting. So how do you get to the top of page one? You do some research, you brainstorm, you think of topics and ideas and the questions that your audience asks you all the time, the questions that you get asked before people buy your product or book your service or reach out to you to work with you. Then you go through, so you have that list, then you go through and you do some keyword research and you look to see where is there a keyword that has some search volume. It doesn't have to be high search volume. In many instances, keywords with lower search volume actually convert better, especially for small businesses. So you look for some search volume and you look for low competition. So what you can do to see if you have a good idea where you're at, if you're using the Google keyword tool, it's going to tell you what the competition is, if it's low, medium, or high. That's going to be paid search data. It's not specific to SEO. However, If it is high competition from a paid search standpoint, you can believe that they're also trying to rank for it from an SEO standpoint. So even though it's paid search data, you can count that that is going to be the same for SEO. So look for some search and low competition. Then what you want to do, take that keyword that you think you want to use and go to Google and put it right in your search bar. And I want you to see who shows up at the top of page one? Are they businesses that are your direct competitors? Are they people in your community? Are they people that you know? Or are they big stores? Are they big websites? Are they big corporations? Because if they're big corporations, don't waste your time. You're not going to rank. So make sure it's people that are similar to you. From there, you need to create a great piece of content, whether it's a website page or a blog post that answers your ideal customer's questions, that helps them and provides value. You're not going to count how many times you use your keyword. That's how we get really crummy copy. So we're not going to say use your keyword six times. We're going to write our copy because our 
piece is about that keyword. You're going to naturally use it. Then you're going to go back and you're going to reread that copy out loud to yourself. And you're going to be able to tell if you've stuffed it. Have you used the word, the keyword too many times? Or can you edit it and add it in there? So you're going to do that to make sure you're really content with your copy. Then you're going to use your keyword in all your areas that Google is going to look for. So Google's going to look for it in your copy. Make sure it's in your first paragraph. That's important. I'm not going to tell you where to use it otherwise, but make sure it's in your first paragraph. If you use header tags to break up your copy, which you should, because it makes it easier for somebody to read it, break it up, make it easier. The header tags are those big tags that go in the middle, the bigger font. Use your keywords in there because Google's going to read that. Put it in your title tag. The title tag you're going to do probably in your admin section or you're going to do in Yoast if you're on WordPress. You have a maximum of 60 characters and that includes spaces, Mm. keyword. Make sure you use your business name in there. If you can include a call to action, if you can fit in shop, like, find out, discover, something like that, we actually see up to a 30% increase in click-through rates in studies. So it's worth trying. You can't always Mm. fit it, but if you can, it's worth it. Then you're going to write a meta description. That meta description is going to be a maximum of 160 characters. That also includes spaces. Then you're going to put a picture on that page or several pictures. If you have more than 500 words, I'd probably add a second photo. So the general rule of thumb is one image per 500 words. That image, you're going to save the file. You're not going to use image 127 or anything like that. You're going to use your keyword in the file name. So you're going to use keyword and then dash. And that's the one that looks like the minus sign because Google reads that as a space. And then a bonus tip here, if you want to show up in Google image search for your business name, put your business name in there with some little dashes in between it. And it does not matter if your image file name is 10, it doesn't matter. There's no rule about that. You want to make sure your keyword is in your URL. And then the last thing that you can do is make sure that image that you're uploading, you've smushed it or you've used a minification tool or you've done something so that it's a small file size. Because the number one thing that I see that slows websites down is how long it takes for big image files to load. And Google likes a speedy site. They reward sites that are faster. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot But it's the same process for every page. And once you understand how it works, it's easy and it's exciting because every single piece that you write then becomes an opportunity for new leads to find your business. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So across the consumer journey, across the funnel, Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you are uh, getting the customer, you're engaging them, then you, you are converting them. So yeah. uh, would the approach to SEO uh, or co- content management vary, you know, across a blog, across a website or, you know, you know, when you were talking, you know, you, you make it so simple and exciting and interesting, <laughs> you know, Rachel, it was, I felt like, you know, SEO is helping build the road from the consumer's house to, you know, to to the business. So when I do content strategy, we look, because you're going to have consumers at different stages. So if we look at a traditional consumer sales funnel, a traditional marketing funnel, not this online world marketing funnel, but a traditional consumer one, we start with awareness. 
They have an idea that they want to look for something, but they don't really know what it is. Then we get into consideration. They're getting a little further down it. Then we get into intent and decision. And in some instances, we have due diligence, especially with large purchases such as homes and mortgages and stuff. So we look at the content and the keywords with that same funnel in mind. So I'm going to use a shoe example because this everybody can understand shoes and this makes it really easy. So when we're in the awareness stage, the consumer is searching for the word shoes. And there's a ton of search volume. I mean, it's over a million searches a month for the word shoes. But what does that consumer want? Let's just say it's her. It's a she as an example. Is she searching for shoes for herself, her husband, her kid, her dog, high heels, sneakers? We don't know. And so we can't give her what she needs because she doesn't really know. Maybe she goes a little further and she starts searching for women's shoes. Okay. I still don't have a lot here, but I could create a landing page or a category page for women's shoes. And that could at least start getting me on that journey with her. But then what if she goes the next stage and goes into awareness and goes into, or not awareness, I'm sorry, intent and goes into women's running shoes. Okay. I have a pretty good idea. I can definitely, if I'm e-commerce, I can definitely create a a landing page and a category page for women's running shoes. And I have a pretty good chance of being able to sell that. But what if she goes into the actual decision phase and tells me exactly what she wants? And she wants a women's A6 gel Kayano running shoe. She knows the brand. She knows the style. She knows exactly what she's looking for. If I can rank on page one at the top for women's A6 gel Kayano running shoe, and that's what she's looking for, I have a really good chance of selling that shoe, of converting, as long as my price point is fair, I have free shipping, like there's other issues that come into it. But if you can create the content that they're looking for when they're ready to convert, you're going to make more money. Now, from a full journey, you need to have content at every phase because not all of your consumers are at the same stage today. Some are coming in to find you the very first time. So with my funnel with my website, I have an opt-in that's a quick start guide that's for the person who's just learning that goes through all those things you're supposed to do on your website. And I have blog posts about how do I get started and how do I learn SEO? And I have blog posts on what's a title tag and how do I write a good one? So the people that are right there at the very beginning, then I have ones for people who are a little further along in the process and How do I, what's blog SEO and how do I optimize my blog and how do I make money from the blog that I'm writing and how do I do this? And then I have training classes for my audience once a month where it's just a free live training and we take a subject and we discuss it and that helps them move to that next level. What we're finding today is people don't want to have to talk to someone. They don't want to pick up the phone. They don't want to talk. They want to be able to get the information that they need off the website which means as a business, you need to have the information that is going to help nurture your client, your potential customer on your website. And you need to have it optimized so that they can find it on Google because they're not going to come direct to your website. Google is where they're going to go to find you or social Mm -hmm. media or somewhere like that, but they're going to start on Google. There are billions of searches every day on Google and over, oh gosh, I don't have my number in front of me right now, but it's like, Over 50% of people find a new business through search Mm -hmm. and over 90% of all searches start at the search engine level. 
So create that content for your website for each step in that customer's journey. Use your keyword research to make sure you're targeting it appropriately. Make sure you're choosing blog post content ideas and topics that have search volume behind them, and then just help them move to the next step by linking them to the next step within your website. Tell them what to do. You have to help the consumer make that journey from prospect to lead to purchase, and you have to show them how to get there. You know, like, like it's like uh, in the Google world, the keywords uh, with, with high search volume are like, you know, understanding that is like what is what is in the popular culture. You know, it's like when we when we are making a brand strategy, you know, we look at the popular culture and then we look at consumer insights. It's like, OK, we've talked to these people, but which is what is the larger consciousness about? Yeah. And, you know, you, you figure that out and then you are linking the two, you know, that, that's that's lovely. I mean, I'm I'm making this analogy to really, really let these words of wisdom sink in <laughs> and retain them. Yeah. So this is amazing. And uh, uh, Rachel, so somebody is writing a blog. Okay. It's, it's just that. And they start thinking that I want to write blog posts that people actually want to read and the search volume should increase my community should increase and my followers should increase. So, um, so you, you've talked about the blogs, you've talked about it uh, uh, from the point of, uh, you know, engagement and uh, how a business person can look at it, but just a person who's building a community for blogs, is there uh, uh, an additional uh, advice or a tip? So if you're doing it just because you want to have a blog, just mm -hmm. for fun, you want to reach into an audience, you really don't have to do the same strategy, but it's still going to benefit you because mm -hmm. if you go and you look for content ideas that people are searching for, or you write content that you know has search volume behind it, you're going to have a better chance of connecting and finding that audience. And just because you don't view it as something that you want to turn it into a business today doesn't mean that down the road, you wouldn't like to have partnerships with a brand or be an ambassador for someone. And if you can make sure that you're writing about topics that not only interest you, but interest other people, you'll grow your audience and you need to have that bigger audience to be able to get those partnerships and those collaborations and things in the future. I see a lot of social influencers really kind of missing. They're building big followings on social, but they don't have a website or a blog to send people back to. The challenge here mm. is you don't own social. It's borrowed. It's somebody else's platform and they can change. They can change the algorithm at any point in time. And oh, by the way, they do like constantly. Absolutely. Constantly. Or yeah. what about what about the day that Facebook and Instagram went down yeah. and people were freaked out because businesses lost money? Hmm. I still made money that day because I had stuff coming in through my website, through my blog and through my email. So you really need to, even as just an influencer or something, you need to have your own website and you need to be blogging and then share that. Use those blog posts to fuel your content ideas for social. That's what I do. 
Everything that you will see me talk about on social is on my blog in one form or another. I'm not going to talk about it in the exact same way, but I'm going to give you a really quick tip on social that ties back to a blog post that I wrote because that's going to be helpful. And then if they like you on social and they read your blog post, they're more likely to then want to be part of your world and come back. That could change the game for so many influencers, you know? They, yeah. That, yeah, they, they are. I mean, and, and if they are popular right now and if they have a community and an audience, they, they must act now and, you know, make it their own, convert it uh, and build their own uh uh, you know, I mean, just own it, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. If you're using SEO, you're going to be getting more traffic. You're going mm. to have more followers. You're going to have more people coming to your blog. When you ultimately want to do those collaborations, those paid posts, that is an opportunity if you have traffic. But if you're just mm. blogging about random stuff that nobody's interested in, and the only people who read your blog are your mom, your grandma, and your best friend, you're not going to have those opportunities down the road. So Mm -hmm. really setting a content strategy, whether or not you're looking at this as something you want to make money from today, setting that foundation with that content strategy and really honing in on what you talk about is going to make it easier for you to also find your niche because people will be like, oh, this gal talks about this kind of, she's got a six-year-old, she's got whatever it makes it easier to connect. Are you a mommy blogger? Are you a food blogger? Are you a lifestyle blogger? Are you a business blogger? Are you trying to do all four? Because you're not going to connect with anybody if you're trying to do all four on the same blog. That's going to be confusing. Figure out what your focus area is and Mm. then go about it in the same way. You don't have to take it to the same steps, but definitely do some research. My favorite place to get topic ideas, like if I'm brainstorming and I'm hitting, I had this with a student yesterday. She emailed me. She's like, SOS, I can't figure out any topics. I know I need to create a blog. I don't have one. I need to create one. And I have total writer's block. And I was like, okay, let's hop on a Zoom and let's go through this during our hot seat in the student group and let's figure it out. And so we brainstormed and I just started her with what are the questions you get asked all the time? And who's our target audience. And we went from there. And then I taught her my favorite freebie and I'll, I'll teach you guys so easy. Go to Google and just start typing something related to your keyword. So she happened to be a realtor in Oregon. So we started talking, started typing in about real estate in Oregon and she likes to work with first time home buyers. So how do I buy a home? How do I buy my first home? in Oregon. And then it starts giving you all these ideas. You guys just start putting in something related to your topic area in Google and see what it pulls up because Google suggested search. That's what that is. That is search that people are, those are terms that people are searching right now that Google thinks you might be interested in as well. Well, as a blogger or a content marketer, that's gold, my friend, because that's what people are looking for. Take that do a little bit of keyword research, pick the perfect way to say it, write that blog post if you can rank for it, go through the process we talked about. In the search results, you'll also see people also ask or related searches. Go through all of those. Those are all good opportunities for you. And that's all stuff that people care about right now. That's an easy way to get ideas. <laughs> it is. It'll fill up your content brainstorm sheet so fast. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try that. (laughs) (laughs) You should. And then let me know how it goes. I want to be able to celebrate if you find something really good and are able to do this 
and get it to rank. Like that's the best part. We were celebrating wins in our student group yesterday. And we had a couple that got super huge links, like links in the domain authority in the seventies and eighties that will make a big difference for them. And one of the girls got a blog post to position number one. And like, it was exciting. We had a really good discussion in there yesterday. Wow. Wow. So which, which tool would you say uh, really works well for, for people just starting out for finding key keywords, mm-hmm. key adwords? Yeah. So you've got a couple options for ideas and topic generation and things like that. I like Google suggested search, like I talked about. Um, I also like a site called Answer the Public. You go in there, it's a free one. You only can do a couple queries a day, but go in there and you can put in a keyword and it's going to give you every kind of question that comes up. So it'll give you all the hows and the whys and the whats and and go through that and see what ideas you get from it then I want you to use a keyword research tool. Now there are different ones. There are some that are paid that have a free tier where you can choose maybe two or three or four keywords a day. That's a pain in the butt. You're never going to get anywhere if you can only do three words a day. So skip those. (laughs) I recommend, (laughs) honestly, I recommend Google keyword research tool right out of Google because it's Google information. It's free. There's no limit on the number of searches. The only challenge is the Google keyword tool used to be separate. Google hates SEOs these days. So it used to be separate. It was great. It was easy. They moved it into AdWords. So now in order to access it, you have to have an AdWords account. So the first time you go to use it, you're going to be forced to set up an ad. You're going to be forced to enter your credit card information. You're going to be forced to set up an AdWords account. You do not have to ever run an ad. My credit card that's in my AdWords account is expired and has been expired for several years because I am not running ads, but I use the keyword tool. There's also a program called a website called Small SEO Tools that's a free one. And then I've been testing out Uber Suggest and it's a paid one, but it's low cost. It's $29 a month or you can buy lifetime access for $290. So I've been testing it to see if it's something that might work for my students. I like that they have a browser plugin that will show me the keyword research information right in Google. So when I'm doing my research and looking for ideas and topics, it'll pop right in there and tell me how much the search volume is and how competitive it is. And then I can see who's ranking for it and I can get an idea as to whether or not I can rank. So it kind of saves me a little time. So there's different ones you can use. Wonderful. So comprehensive. (laughs) I've been at this a long time. I've tried them all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good for our audiences, you know. So, uh, Rachel, if if you did a crystal ball gazing and you had to look at a few trends, emerging trends when it comes to SEO. I think we've seen the biggest shift which is a focus on high quality content. And that shift has been coming over the last 10 years. I think people are starting to understand how important it is to create content, but I think where they're still lacking is they don't understand that SEO needs to be part of your content strategy. So that's what I'm trying to get people to see. So Crystal Ball, I think people are going to start seeing a little more of, if I want results, I have to do SEO with it. I think we're also going to continue to see more movement towards video content because video is engaging. It allows you to connect with that customer. It allows you to build that like, know, and trust factor. 
But what I think people need to do is to incorporate video or even their audio into their blog posts and onto their website pages, because that increases our time on site, which is something Google looks at when they are ranking us. Just Mm. having like podcast notes isn't enough, but having that blog post with that content plus the video is where you're going to see better results. So you'll notice like on my blog, I do a lot of video in addition to the actual written post. Wonderful, wonderful. So insightful, Leisha. <laughs> my son would love that. Oh my goodness. He would think that was awesome. Yeah. So, so, so your son is seven years old, right? Almost. Yeah, he'll be seven in May. So almost. We're in the process of planning the world's most amazing seventh birthday party after two years of COVID kind of stealing his birthday parties. So he hasn't had a big party with friends since he turned four. So this is going to be the epic birthday party to end all birthday parties, I'm afraid. Yay. (laughs) So here it is. Mother's best advice. Every child is different. Love them for who they are. Wow. What would you do on Mars for fun? Oh, I'd have to take my son with me because he loves Mars and he would want to play ball or he'd want to kick a ball and take a Nerf gun. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) As per your spouse, your most often used phrase is? Love you. (laughs) Okay. One thing no one knows about you. I wanted to host the Today Show when I grew up. I went to journalism school and I wanted to host the Today Show. Oh, lovely. (laughs) Okay. What would you tell your 18-year-old self? Don't worry so much about it. It's going to be okay. And that covers everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. Okay. What's something new happening in your life right now? I get to chaperone the first field trip for my little guy next week. And he is so excited. He came running home from school saying, Mom, we have a field trip and they need those chapa somethings. Can you do it? Oh, <laughs> and your hand went up. Okay. I did. I had, I had to move some things and make it work and I had to reschedule some stuff. But when your kid wants something and you've made this shift, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. What's your favorite childhood memory? Traveling my grandparents' summer homes and visiting family. Mm. What is your greatest joy? Um, being married, having a family, being a mom, I, for many years, I didn't think it would happen. So it's pretty awesome. (laughs) It is. Okay. How would you like strangers to remember you? As kind Mm -hmm. and smart and nice. (laughs) Okay. What is a lesson that took you a long time to learn? That I'm smart. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) What's next? Um, Business-wise, the SEO content class. So mm-hmm. taking all of this and turning it into a class and expanding what I'm currently teaching. Um, Personal-wise, getting ready for summer and figuring out our schedule and what we're doing. And having the world's biggest seven-year-old ninja birthday party, apparently. Epic. <laughs> epic. Epic. Ah. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, it's a wrap up, Rachel. Now tell me, uh, would you like to share any online addresses? Uh, sure. Yeah, about your website, where people yeah. can reach you. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime we can share and expand. That's awesome. So my website is etchedmarketing.com. I do have my opt-in that is an SEO quick start guide. You can get that right from my homepage. That's going to walk you through exactly what to do for SEO on your website or your blog. And it has a handy checklist that I've used with clients for like 10 years that you can reference to make sure you've done everything you need to. You can find me on social. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube and I'm on Insta. I'm most active on Insta these days and it's at Etched Marketing Academy. Same handle across all of social, but if you're really looking to get a hold of me or DM or something like that, go to Insta. This has been a fantastic conversation. I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. I think your listeners are really lucky to have somebody who's helping guide them and break information down and bring in fun, different conversations. So they should be sharing this with their friends. Absolutely. <laughs>